This is the Dice Tower Network at Dicetowernetwork.com. Hey, and welcome back to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This is episode 41, Locomotive Breath. We are a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, and I'm one of your hosts, Tony, and out there somewhere is Marty. He's getting ready to step to the mic. Marty, how are you doing tonight? Where are you, buddy? You, you threw me off. You, we had this whole thing that we worked out a long time ago where we sync it up to where somebody says, hi, I'm such and such, pause. The other person says, hi, I'm such and such, and then you continue from there. Where was my pause? Okay, let me put it to you. After last episode 40 where you came in there with that Jimmy Fallon stuff going, ah, nah, 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 getting all energetic on me, I said, okay, payback. That's all there is to this. This is a payback. I'm going to try to throw you off like you did me, but that, there you go. Well, I guess you did because, unbeknownst to everybody else until I say this, this is like the fourth time we've tried to start anyway, so. Well, we've had technical problems, we've had all kinds of issues, but that's okay. We are professionals. We make this work to our best. Okay. Wait a minute. Pro- professionals indicate that we get some sort of monetary compensation for this. Okay, I was thinking of just the enjoyment that we get out of this. That's how we are. Oh, that's what we yes, get. So we get. you were professionals just for having fun? That's it. That's all. Oh, wow. Too. Do you think that the ball players out there really? Oh, well, here we go. Sports. Sorry, guys. Um, do you think the ball players are playing for the money? No, they're out there for the fun of it. Uh, okay, I'm delusional on that, but that's all right. Yeah, I don't have to come back for that. I was like, well, okay, sure. Okay. Well, anyway, locomotive. But they are playing a but they are playing a game for good money. Let's face. Even they admit, hey, we're playing a game and having fun and getting paid good money at it. So we are celebrating in this episode the tenth anniversary of Ticket to Ride. That's right, Ticket to Ride. Look on your shelves, everybody. You know you got it. If you don't, well, go out and get it. Great game, great intro game. But anyway, we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the episode, Ticket to Ride, because it is the Dice Tower um, Network's Game of the Month. So we're going to be talking about our experiences with that and just how much, I mean, I still pull that one off the shelf. We also are going to be talking about Board Game Geek trading games with other people. We thought it'd be interesting to follow up on where we talked about trading Marvel Dice Master cards last time about trading. And, but what about games? That's one of the cool features about BGG where you can get out there and do some trades. And we've brought in a special guest for that, someone who knows all about that. <laughs> oh, listen to him. He's back there. He's, he's chuckling a little bit. We know he's going to be in there. And then, of course, at the end of this episode, we're going to do our at-the-table questions, so stay tuned for that. So, Marty, if I'm going to kick it over to you. Well, we're not answering the at-the-table question. We're giving what the next at-the-table question will be. We don't have one because you didn't have one ready last time, so we don't have one for this show. Okay, listen. I got a kid like you getting ready to graduate. I'm stressed as it is because all these people are coming in the house. I, just don't go there with me, okay? I'm not bad. Okay. Anyway, so anyway, why don't I'm kicking it over to you? Why don't you introduce our guest tonight? We have a guest. Yeah. I mean, oh, oh, my bad, my bad. Um, yes. Yeah, so we are very fortunate tonight to have one of our gaming bud, local gaming buddies from the wonderful state of South Carolina. What? What is it? Are you Sandlapper? Is that what you're called? What is it down yeah, there? Yeah, Sandlappers. That that would be us. Yes. Yes. South so, Kakalakians. <laughs> So we would like to welcome to the show our good friend, our good buddy, Mark Kell. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey. 
Well, hello, everybody. Uh, like you said, I'm Mark Kale, and uh, I'm one of the gaming buddies, part of the Queen City Game Club, and I've uh, been gaming with these guys for a couple years and just having fun. Yeah, so here's the deal. So we do have this written agreement that you did sign that you cannot tell any embarrassing anecdotes about us while on the show. So just don't forget that we do have lawyers standing by. Yeah, I think you missed that. I just put an X down there. You know, <laughs> That's your signature. That's, that's a signature. I don't know that that really counts in court, though. All right, Sheila's Joe. <laughs> so, so what, we're like magic? We got lawyers just at our beck and call now? Cool, I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, you know, but um, one thing, Mark, um, we just want to make sure that you are coming from a location, not a jail, because over on our forum, you know, somebody posted about if you're in South Carolina and you do any type of gaming, you can be arrested or fined by the local magistrates down there. And we're, we're, <laughs> I think you're still in your house, aren't you? Yeah, I am. You know, I saw that and I thought, man, that's pretty, uh, that's a pretty broad definition of gaming. I can't even believe that's on the books. But uh, also here in South Carolina, you, you can't hold a raffle. There are no legal raffles, not even if it's for charity and it's 100% charity. And uh, so that, that really surprised me. I'm hoping I don't get busted for MooseCon this weekend. I didn't even know that about the, uh, the raffle thing. Yeah, yeah, because I've done a couple charity events and we can't ever get a raffle together because nobody's willing to put their name on it to say, Oh yeah, I said there could be a raffle because they're afraid they're going to go to the who's cow. Wow. So, and it wasn't too long ago, what, about 10 years ago when there was video poker in South Carolina? Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And that's, that's what kind of what brought everything on. The government wasn't getting their part of the, the pot there. So, uh, they, they said, well, nobody's going to do it if we're not going to make money on it. Yeah. So, Mark, you just mentioned something that I want to make sure everybody who's listening, the other two people. Um, no, no, I just kidding. <laughs> um, that you run what you call your quarterly convention. It's called MooseCon, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. I call it MooseCon, but it's really more of a uh, uh, overblown game day. Uh, we used to have about 30 people there. Uh, we start at 10 a.m., we go to midnight. Uh, it's at the Moose Lodge in Rock Hill, so hence the MooseCon. And i uh, been doing that, I think, for uh, maybe two and a half, three years, and uh, been doing really well with it. Uh, we have a real good time. And what t- what does it take to pull something off like that uh, to get the initial setup? I, we've talked about what it took to get the game club going, but what about if someone wanted to do that? What, what does it take? Well, um, really, it. I'll try to make this quick. Because we've got a lot of stuff to do. But anyway. Um, yeah, please do. I'm bored already. <laughs> um, really, I just, uh, we had rented the Moose Lodge for my 40th birthday party, my wife and I. And uh, while we were sitting there, I was some of my gaming buddies showed up. And we're sitting at these big round four-foot tables with all these chairs. And I was like, you know what? This would be a great place to have a game day. Uh, because the game group that I was in at the time, everybody gamed at everybody else's house. And they would just post on the internet and say, everybody show up at my house on Saturday and we're going to game. And I myself am not comfortable with putting my address out there on the internet and saying, whoever wants to show up, y'all just come and we'll have a game day and you don't know who's going to be there, right? Uh, so it was kind of my way to give back to that group. And, uh, and be able to have a game day without actually having to have it at my house. And, uh, it's, it's fairly inexpensive. 
And uh, I do take donations, and with the exception of just a couple of times, I've always made the money to pay for the place. Uh, they feed us right there. They have a way to make sandwiches for lunch, and for dinner, they make us burgers and chicken tenders and whatever. And so you don't even have to leave. It's all right there, and it's uh, inexpensive, and so it just works out really well. Well, I must say, I've been, I think I've been to two of them, and I was really disappointed the first time I got there when I was the only one wearing a red fez. I thought at these, you know, <laughs> at these clubs, you have to wear a fez, so well, that was kind of awkward. One of the uh, the big attractions to the Moose Con is they have all these uh, head and moose poobahs on the wall, and almost everybody always comments on you know these guys because they've got these 70s haircuts and these big old beards and it's kind of amusing lavender suits you know (laughs) well but it's old school oh yeah Yeah, but it's kind of neat that you can um go there and you've got another location and i don't know if people have really thought about that i mean i don't even know i you know the various posts around here you know like uh the American Legion post or things like that. I mean, I guess you could probably ask and say, if you're a member, you could probably rent those things out. I know American Legion you know, from that standpoint, but that's kind of interesting. Cause I had never thought of that. Cause you know, the Elks Lodge, the Moose Lodges, you know, all that good stuff. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. They, uh, it's definitely something to check out if you're a member in any of those places. Cause usually for the members, it's relatively inexpensive to rent it out. If you're not a member, it's usually kind of expensive. And I'm actually not a Moose member. Uh, but my parents are, and my dad was the governor there for a long time. So essentially, they rent it for me to be able to rent it out. So. That's um, yeah, that's coming up this this Saturday, which will be when this comes out. This will be this past Saturday. Oh, just <laughs> I'm doing that again. Sorry. All right. So yeah. Anyway, so that's one, once a quarter. Uh, I think that's a, a really neat thing. I know a lot of people look forward to it. I think. I don't know if you're going to do it this year. I know in the past you've used the site Warhorn for doing scheduling. Yeah. Um, um, do you have success with that or um I would say it's about thirty percent success um I usually post some games up there and we usually have a few people sign up but there there's a lot of pickup games that go on and uh the the majority i would say are pickup games that i don't i don't know i pe- people just don't want to sign up for some reason. <laughs> Well, I guess there's that commitment of uh, what if I get there and rather play something else or if I can't get there at the time I'm supposed to start, something like that. Yeah. So, here's the thing. So, I've been we've been playing games with you for a few years and you seem to have a pretty eclectic taste. You'll you'll play anything. Is there a certain type of game that you're drawn to? Um, a, a genre or are you just like a jack of all trades? You'll play anything. I will pretty much play anything. Um, there's there's very few games that that I just, you know, don't like to play or won't play uh I've, the longer i go I, the more I, obviously the more games i pick up but pretty much i'll play anything my favorite games uh usually involve some kind of direct conflict uh game of thrones uh i like Battlestar. i like the the hidden you know traitor element and you're you're fighting against each other um kemet uh cyclades you know uh, all those kind of games twilight imperium Lately, I've been really digging on uh, nations and clash of cultures, so that's pretty much where I'm at. 
And for and for people who uh, may remember, there was an episode that we did right after a local convention, not local convention, a convention in South Carolina, Scarab. Uh, uh. Yeah, yeah. yeah Mark so. is the guy. You know the whole story I had where some guy set the deck wrong on BSG. That was Mark. Mm-hmm. I think I think it was some idiot, is what you said. <laughs> set up the deck wrong, and uh, yeah, yeah, that was me. I just put an extra silent in there because they're not powerful enough, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of which. I don't. We, me, and you have all these great stories about BSG. We went over to a friend's house a few weeks ago and played Battlestar Galactica. And I think did we pull out every expansion that exists? Yeah, we, have, and, we did. And play. We had seven people, so we had the Cylon leader. We had like every expansion on the table. And I tell you what, if that was the, one of the first times I ever played BSG, I would never play again because that was a miserable experience for the humans. It was. What went wrong? Um, I, th- I think what went wrong is just the uh, the latest expansion, the Daybreak expansion. Um, I found a, a flaw in it, and it's a flaw that, that people who are playing the Cylons pick up on pretty quick, where you uh, can use the treachery cards to give out mutiny. And then the mutiny puts people in the brig. And then once you're in the brig, you spend all your skill cards to try to get somebody out of the brig. And then you don't have skill cards to do the crisis. And it's pretty much just downhill from there. So so if I remember when I played with y'all, we played with all the expansions, right? Uh, we actually did not have Exodus in there when I played oh, okay. uh, the game with you. So there was one more? There's one was one more expansion. <laughs> yeah, it really takes up a lot of real estate when you get everything in it. Yeah, and the bad, Tony, the bad thing about this game, it was by it was the second or third round, both Cylons had come out of the closet by that point and said, yeah, we're Cylons. I mean, it, they didn't even bluff at all. It's like, we, we're just going to totally annihilate you guys. And and it was just an, another miserable two hours after that because it was just no crawling back. We just kept digging holes. Yeah. I mean, it got to the part Mark said, Can we, should we just stop? <laughs> because it was like, there was no end for, I mean, there was no way we was going to win that game. But we, we trudged through. And then with the sideline leader, Tony, I don't know, I don't think you've played the sideline no. leader, have you? No. So they can, they can go either way. They have secret objectives to where they can help the humans or they can help the Cylons. And it seemed like he was kind of helping us and no, he's actually helping the Cylons all along. It was just a, a bad deal. But I'm, I'm taking Daybreak out of my set. And uh, and we're, we'll run with it one time, either just straight base set or with uh, Pegasus and Exodus only, because that's that's just too powerful. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'd like to do it with the base set. I think that would be good, just to kind of go back to the the basics of the the base set. Now, Mark was also the guy who played with us when we did the expansion of Eldritch Horror with Yig, where we basically just said, "Okay, we're done. We're we're to- we're in toast. We're, we're finished." Uh, yeah. You remember that, Mark? What? Well, we did, you know, Marty and I gave our impressions. Do you remember enough about that to say, yeah, that was just an awful experience too, or you'd love to try it again? What What do you remember from that? Well, I'm I'm just going to tell you, and this this might surprise you, but uh, Eldritch is probably not at the top of my list of games that I want to play, and and it's not just that play. I've played it, I think, three times now. And for some reason, that game, it just, to me, once I get in it, it just feels like a trudge. I mean, it just feels like, uh, 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 you know. And, and the problem is I want to like the game. Mansions of Madness, I really like that game. I won't go into my problems with it, but I want to like that. I want to like Eldritch Horror, but I, I just cannot make myself get excited about playing it again. So, hold on. Let me get this right. So, 
the past couple experiences with BSG were bad. Uh, last experience with Eldritch Har was bad. What is the one common thing between all those? Oh, it was you, Mark. Oh, <laughs> wait, a minute, wait a minute, Marty. You were also at that table. Well, if I'm playing the game, of course I'm at the table. I've also had great experiences with myself, too. Wait a minute, that sounds Why weird. Yeah, whoa, really whoa, did. family show, whoa. Mm. Dice Tower Network, man. Yeah. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry, Tom. So, okay, well, uh, that's very interesting now. And I know I couldn't make it over to when y'all were um, playing. You also got to well, experience... Well, you, you did. Well, I sort of did. Got got my 1910 expansion. But anyway, um, Euphoria. You, I, I enjoyed that. You got you didn't You weren't too keen on it, Marty. So what did you think about it this time? Yeah, so we got to play again, and I, I'm glad I did. Um, I was not keen on it when we talked about it a few episodes ago. I thought it was somewhat confusing. I did start to understand the engine a little bit more and how it works and, and kind of get it going, but it was so funny, and I can't remember who said it. Uh, Mark, I don't know if it was you. I don't remember if it was Chris or Kevin. At the very beginning of the game, they said, you need to be careful because two of these factions' colors look kind of the same. And that's what tripped me up the first game around. And sure enough, two people misunderstood. They had the hidden faction. Oh. They thought they thought it was one faction, but it was actually the other one. So they spent half a game trying to advance that one track to flip over the card and end up being the wrong track. Oh, not good. I wasn't there for that. I, I hadn't gotten there yet. That's right. I showed up a little bit later, so. Yeah, so it so it was uh, it was Chris. He he said, "Let me just bring this up because this ruined Marty's experience." And two of the people playing the game, sure enough, misread the. There's, there's remember Tony the colors. There yeah. was like an orange and a brown, and a brown and an orange, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what they did. So they said, "Oh, I can flip over my car." I say, "Oh, wait, that's the wrong one." But okay, but see, I pulled. I came out of that first time. I really enjoyed Euphoria, and so, but you'd give it another shot. Again, another, I mean, it's, it's kind of I, I would, and it's funny, uh, this past time, you know, at the beginning of the game, you give them four cards and get two fact, get to pick two factions. I made, made sure to pick, like, the blue and another color, not one of the other two, to make sure I wouldn't get them screwed up. Okay. So, all right, well, very good then. Well, Marty, I, we invited Mark on to talk about trading on Board Game Geek, and it's something that, you know, I've always wondered about i've got my trade list and all set up so are you ready to head over there or we got anything else we need to go to where are we going head over to talk about trading you know we're gonna segue over dude get on the segue and head that way i thought we're actually gonna go somewhere i was getting kind of excited i thought podcast field trip yes there we go we (laughs) road trip road trip Oh, sorry. (laughs) Not a filter. I got to get my permission slip signed from my wife. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Mark took time to make this whole intricate document of bullet points and notes about trading games. And I was really impressed with this because we'd asked Mark, do you want to come on the show? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then all of a sudden he sends us this document. Uh, you know, outlining his his all his discussion points with you know with with footnotes and references. I'm going, wow, we ought to do stuff like that. <laughs> what, show, show notes, <laughs> please. Yeah. I didn't know I was just supposed to wing it. I could have done that too, I guess. Hey, a lot of shows wing it. Let's see, it was one that Dan that told us from Geek All Stars. He wings it. Yeah, yeah, but but we appreciate you doing that. So you know, I I mean. It, it baffles me I mean, about trading. It, it, I'm sorry. I, 
when I first got on, you know, Board Game Geek, and you can do all these neat things, I'm like, okay, they have the trade function, and I will admit it. I'll throw it out there, guys. You know, you go if if you don't know, and everybody's like, oh, we all know about trading. Well, not everybody does. There's always a starting point. It's like, okay, I'm going to click on this trade button. What's it hey, do? Hey, Tony, yeah. Tony, you've dropped like jumped like three quarters down into this gentleman's know, notes. I, I, Would you let him start at the top? I, no, yes. no, I'm, I'm, I'm starting at what my experience was so that we have some background. Stay with me. Stay with me. So I'm like, I hit trade and nothing showed up. Now, if I had had this document and this talk... <laughs> We wouldn't be there. Well, we wouldn't be where we are now today. That's all I'm saying. Okay, so so go basically, for it. we're trying we're trying to provide a service to you, is what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, it's isn't it about isn't it about this me? is all for your benefits? What what I'm hearing? Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's not. It's all about Tony. That's right. That's right. It's all about Tony. So so I think uh, one thing we had to talk about is is why would we want to trade games? You know, you get into the hobby. And I know I started buying these uh, boxes of cardboard, and I've got, oh, it's my precious. I'm not going to get rid of these. What are you talking about? But I don't think you have to be in the hobby very long before you realize that there's there's really valid reasons that you, you will want to get rid of games. And what are those reasons, Mark? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, well, the first thing is... Uh, I think especially when you first get in the hobby, you get some games that aren't initially, that aren't as good as you initially thought they were. Small world. <laughs> well, we can debate about that, but. But okay. anyway, that's an excellent point. You don't like it, but there is someone out there who does. Imagine No, because that. that'd be stupid. Like, I mean, nobody would like that game. Okay, but moving along here. So so you, you got a game like Small World. We'll, we'll, we'll you know, just, play, just let him go, okay? Yeah, we'll just entertain Marty, right? There you go. So you got that. You're here for my entertainment. Right. <laughs> so, you you know, you have Small World. You, you get it home. You unwrap it. You you know, you pull all the pieces off the cardboard. You bag it up. And then, you know, you played it with your buddies, and it was really fun. And then you get it back to the table. And after that second or third play, you're just kind of like, you know what? This This is not really what I thought it was going to be. It wasn't fun after the first play, but go ahead. So, uh, so that would be a, a good reason, you know, that you may want to trade a game that it is just wasn't quite as much fun as you thought it was, and you're just not getting it to the table. Um, and then you you can have the opposite problem that that you just play one out. You've got somebody that really likes the game, and they just want to play and play and play and play, and uh, you know, before too long, you're like, you know. I really don't want to do that again. Pandemic. Oh, sorry. Uh, excuse me. My, my bad. <laughs> I thought you loved Pandemic. Played out, okay? However, in the lab, breathed a ton of life into that game for me. So, okay, played out. Sorry. Let's, let's, let's move along here. Nothing to see, which actually can lead to your next point. Right, which is uh, everybody has a copy of your game. So that's... Uh, Although I haven't traded this one yet, but but Power Grid is kind of a game like that for me. Uh, I bought it kind of early in my my hobby, and my game remained on my shelf unplayed probably for a year and a half. Although I played Power Grid three or four times in between, but it was just everybody had it, so we never got to play my copy. So eventually, you know, you're like, well, my copy's been sitting on the shelf, so maybe I could get something that the group doesn't have. Then you can get into 
games that get replaced. Uh, if you listen to the, the Dice Tower Network, they have a whole segment on games that replaced other games. And there's two ways to go with that. One is uh, that you had a newer edition of the game. Tony, say it. Pandemic. Thank you. Right. So then you don't need your old pandemic, right? It's just going to sit on the shelf. No, which will come to another point later, but I'll let you get through this. Okay. All right. <laughs> For me, it was Game of Thrones. Uh, I had the original edition, but then the second edition come out, and the second edition is so much better. There's no way you're ever going to play that first edition. But there was somebody out there that wanted it, so I traded it away and got something I would play. And then the other thing is is different games. Um, you have Agricola and you bought Caverna. And you just don't think that you're ever going to play Agricola again because Caverna is such a better game. Or to kind of segue back to the last episode or last couple episodes, you had Castle Ravenloft. Or actually, I did have Castle Ravenloft, but Driss came out, and my wife is a huge Driss fan, and she says, we're getting the Driss game. So once I had it, I was like, I don't need Ravenloft anymore, because it's basically the same game. I'll never play Ravenloft as long as Driss is on the shelf. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's the excellent point. So you, 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 you've got multiple reasons to get rid of a game. So, and you just need to, like you said, you got to let it go. It's okay. You don't need to hoard them. Excellent points. Yeah. And then the, you know, the last reason is, I think the reason, the probably the most prevalent reason for everybody, and that's that real estate costs a lot of money. And uh, so we don't have, but just so much space we can keep our games. When I, uh, when I first started collecting games, I was putting them in the linen closet. And, you know, after a year or so, my wife informed me that, yes, we actually do need to put towels in the linen closet. And uh, I was like, what, what is that? That's crazy talk. <laughs> Can't we just keep them on the shelf in the bathroom or something? This is a real great place for my games. You'll need one per week. Come on. Ex- oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but uh, I think that's the most important thing. I mean, even even Tom Vassell talks about having to call his collection. And he's like, you know, slept rock out of Flintstones instead for instead of raining water it rains games on this guy i mean he's just got games coming down all the time so you know he has to call his collection and and i think we have to do the same thing for various reasons you found we need to trade games now obviously probably one of the most straightforward thing is hey mark i got a game that uh you got a game that i'm interested in i got a game you're saying let's trade so there's your like one easy way face-to-face trade right so why don't we just start from there? Yeah, well, that's that is the most uh, you know the easiest way, probably the least expensive way. You don't incur any shipping cost. Um, but the the one problem with that is that there's pretty limited selection of what you can trade for. Right. And especially uh, if you get into a situation where the group kind of likes the same kind of games, then you you know you'd be buying the same kind of games, and then you probably want to trade off the same kind of games but we're probably lucky that we have a big enough group we could do that a little bit but i mean do you do that for like MooseCon and things like that i mean that's an you know that's something i think we could probably do more with our game club is promote some more trades but yeah i i, I that's that's the easiest way I, I know that even though at tabletop day didn't get a single trade but that's okay i, I i'm not i'm not bitter about that yeah, I actually was going to say, we had a big trade list of um, a lot of people brought in games to either sell or trade. 
I know several were sold. I don't know if any were traded at all. Right. Yeah, I don't remember. But but I guess one thing that is always, you know, to don't think, you know, you're not going to trade crap and get good stuff. I mean, you got to keep that in mind. That's one thing you always got to remember because, I mean, uh, who knows? Uh, you know, pandemics, you know, that somebody else may, you know, it may not be that great. So don't think you're going to pull a Caverna or something like that. That's, that's something you always got to keep in mind. Definitely have to keep that in mind. And, uh, we'll get into, uh, the math trade here in a little bit, but that's, that's, I've done that with, uh, Moosecom before, uh, run a math trade in conjunction with it. Uh, we've got a, we got a couple trades out of it, not too many. Uh, and maybe for International Tabletop Day, this this next one that we have, I may try to run one, and we can just see how that goes. Wiping my hands, done. You're doing it. Okay, good. Now let's move on. <laughs> I didn't know that I was necessarily volunteering. Right uh, I got it on. I got it recorded. You had just volunteered to run at the next uh, next year. You're running the trade day, not me. I like it. Okay. Yeah. All I got to do is reference episode 41, and we're done. We're done. Okay. I Oops. like it. All right. What's that? Delete 31 minutes, me now. Oh, <laughs> all right. So, so anyway, and and that is good. You bring that up because one of the things you have to think about is is where do the value of your games come from? Uh, um, to me, just like we hear people talking about, you know, we we are talking about games and the people that play them, and you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, they like to get together and play games. That's the difference between the board game and hobby and the video game and hobby. So the value in the game comes from getting it off the off the shelf and on the table and being able to sit there with your buddies around it. So if any of those elements aren't happening, you know, if you can't get your buddies around, if if you can't get it to the table because they don't like it, then the value of your game is nothing basically. You have to uh try to get something there to replace it with that you can get value out of that's where it comes into trading to hone your collection to games that you will get off the shelf more often is my opinion of it or or my take on it okay so then the the next way on uh, boardgamegeek.com is to uh, do direct trades and you have to update your collection and put in there what you want to trade for and what you have to trade. And then you go into Bazaar and Trades and Direct Matches. And it will give you a list of everybody that wants the game you have. And everybody that you have a game they want. And it lists the games on either side. And it's real easy once you get to that point. You just send them a geek mail or a trade request. I think there's a button on it that says trade request. And they have, I think, three days to respond and if they do, you work out who's going to pay the shipping, and you trade games. And it's just that simple. That I've had limited success with. I have probably traded three or four games that way. Uh did get lucky, and there was a guy here in Charlotte, a guy I didn't know in Charlotte, the games. As a matter of fact, he'd come to find out he has a game night every Friday night at his house here in South Charlotte. And... uh I was able to trade with him just by looking down the list because most of the people, it will tell you where they're from, and that can affect whether you want to trade or not. Uh, you know, it would be great to trade with somebody in Charlotte or the nearby area so that you can just pick up the game instead of having to ship it. So how do you know you can trust the people that you're getting ready to trade with? You don't. 
It's a risk. It's <laughs> yeah, a risk. It's, it's a risk. But isn't there a rating system or something? Oh, you are right. There is a rating system on there. Now that you mention it, like my trade rating, I think is 50. It means I've had 50 successful trades. And so you can go by that, and that's one indication. Uh, but it's always a risk, just like anything else. But I think with people that use Craigslist and eBay and that type of thing, that they kind of get used to having a little bit of a, a risk in there. Is there some sort of protocol, and it seemed like I'd heard somewhere of this before, where uh, the person with the lowest rating ships first? I think that is a uh, a protocol, yes, that normally the person with the lowest trading rating would ship first. But it's been my experience that everybody just kind of ships at once. Okay. You know, All right. And cool. I don't know. Maybe I'm a risk taker. But what? But you, you bring up a good point, Marty. I mean, because if I so you make that offer out there, and I would put in the comments, you know, I'm I'm willing to ship first because I am the the newest of the new out there, and I'm with you. It to be able to it, it takes some work to get these trades on BGG to try to figure out how you're going to do that. Yeah, it, it does take a little bit of work. Uh, it, it takes a while if you're doing the direct trades to find the right person because some people, they'll have a game up there, but they're not very motivated. It's kind of the, the, the catchphrase to, to actually trade it. It's, but it's, they just put it up there because they would if the right game came along. And naturally, you know, everybody wants to be the guy that trades Love Letter for Twilight Imperium. And then nobody wants to be the guy that trades, you know, Twilight Imperium for Love Letter. And so the trades, they have to be kind of equal or it's not going to work. And equal typically means by value, right? Monetary value. Right, yeah. And you can look that up on BGG. Uh, it usually lists what people are selling it for. Or another good metric I found is to go to eBay and look at past sales and see what things have auctioned off for. Right. And also a lot of people on there, or I don't say a lot, but some people on there, they don't want to trade unless you're trading three or four games for some reason. I, I guess because of the shipping that's involved with it, you know, they, they, they only want to trade three or four games at a time, which is kind of weird. Okay. That's interesting to me because I, I, I don't have enough games in the collect. I mean, between you and everybody else, I mean, there's a ton of games out there to play. So, I mean, like you, like we were pointing out, there's no reason to build up that huge collection. Um, so I, there's, I, I would never think to be able to sell or I mean, trade three games at once. That's amazing. I don't think anybody is willing to trade for factory fund, to be honest with you, to get, to make it at least two. So I'm just kidding about that. You know, factory fund is right, but, you, but that brings another point. Factory fund is a game for someone who may like that quick thinking. I just need to find the right person and be willing to say, okay, what's something like I've got, I've got first and goal on my list or, um, you know, you know, games like that, that, you know, I'm, that's where I'm trying to find what's what's the value game right there. Yeah. But here, here's the question for you. Would you be willing to accept a offer for a factory fund? If the game you was getting a little bit less, just so you can move factory fund. Yes, I would. If, if okay, it's a game, that's what I thought. Yeah, if it's a game, I would want. Um, but like, I, like, so like Mark said, something that's been played out, I would trade it, but even though it's not an equal trade, and I know this, guys, you know, Lords of the Waterdeep. Yes, I said the, because that's just me. All right, so, you know, for that, I know I could have got it for $25 today on this day, 610 at Miniature Market, but, you know, 
I would be willing. Maybe that's played out for somebody, you know? So uh, that's, that's, yeah, I would do that. Yeah, I, oh, I agree. I think it's one of those things where if I had a game I just can't move, I obviously eventually over time I would accept a worse deal for me over time just so I could get rid of it. Right, and that's exactly what I was talking about when I was talking about the value in games. And that'll bring me to uh, the the second to the last trade option that you that we have, and that is to do a math trade on Board Game Greek. And what, what math trade is, is everybody puts their game into a big pool and then you select the games that you want and there's a mathematical algorithm that works out the most trades that it can. And the good thing about this is there's thousands of games that are involved in most of these math trades. And so you have a very wide selection of games that you can choose from. One of the the things people kind of shy away from it is that they get the idea in their head that they're going to put their game on in the math trade and then they're just going to have to take whatever they get because they just hear that the math trade works out the best amount of trades. But that's not true. Uh, what happens is you select which games you're willing to accept and from those games that you're willing to accept for everybody across the whole math trade, it decides who's going to get what game. So you'll never end up with a game that you don't want unless you make some kind of mistake. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch the the videos on that because that's interesting. What videos? The videos on... Dude, that just showed me you did not click on the link in the document that Mark <laughs> took time to pull for us to talk about oh, this. Oh, look. Down there. Math trade video tutorials. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry, Mark. I apologize. Okay. That's okay. Oh, man. So anyway. All right. Man. I'm supposed to I'm supposed to prepare before I come on? <laughs> I'm oh, supposed to read? Oh. So, all right. So BGG direct trades, trade in person, which I'm trying to work on right now. And then, of course, the math trades. Um, you know, I, I always think about this, like when Marty and I used to trade our CCGs, we were in this little thing where you'd send it across the pond or wherever you were sending it. And it was just, it was always neat, it, but that's just it. I got a package, you know, you love that feeling too. So that's always kind of, that's, that's kind of fun. I agree that that is a lot of fun. That's uh, it's exciting. Just, just waiting for that package. And, and, uh, it's also exciting. The, uh, the math trade works, you have, uh, a certain amount of time to put games in. So everybody puts their game into the pool. It's just on a geek list. It's, it's pretty easy to put them in. Uh, then you have a amount of time to set up your want list and submit it. Uh, you use the online want list generator. And uh, once you put your want list in, uh, that takes usually three or four days. And then at that deadline, usually within a day, you know, it's, you wait that, 24 hours to find out what what game did I get what game did I get where did I where am I going to be shipping to and uh, once you get that you exchange information with whoever is trading with you then you just wait to get your package so are these math trades going on all all the time or is it like okay we're going to start a math trade here and end here no they are uh, they're not going on constantly but it just is this going to start here and end here like you were saying so there's a uh, you can subs- subscribe to threads on Board Game Geek, 
and there's a math trade subscription thread and it'll notify you whenever there's a math trade coming up and some of them will be local math trades it would be like the charlotte area no ship math trade it's like we do a math trade just in charlotte and everybody has to meet at a place to swap games so you have to pay attention to that but then the other big math trades uh are nationwide and you have to make sure that you read the header and read the information in there because that will tell you who's responsible for the shipping and what you can trade and what you can't trade because some of them you can trade basically anything like somebody will have an iPod on there that they want to trade for a game or uh, they'll have an RPG that they've had that they want to trade for a board game and uh, so that's that's real important that you read the header rules and it's usually uh, you have to ship your game to somebody so whatever game you put on there you have to ship it out and I usually figure you know between 10 and 15 dollars for the shipping uh, to go just about anywhere as long as it's in the United States and that's another thing usually you'll have to even if it's a international trade you'll have to specify whether you'll ship international or whether you'll only ship in the United States all right well that's that's really interesting so there's a thread I guess you can probably just search for that if you want to go subscribe to it is it one particular thread or is it a whole forum dedicated to math trades? no it's just one particular thread for the subscription thread uh, and it's just that one thread that that updates, and when it updates, it tells you, and then you can jump in the math trade or not, you know, depending on if if you want to. I'm gonna put Tony on the spot. Can you get uh, us that link, and we'll put it in the our blog post for this episode? Yeah, of course I can, Marty. I'll be more than happy to, cause I am sure Mark has it handy, and he can probably forward it right to me. So there, got it taken care of for you, buddy. Right there. Um, don't uh me, Mark. <laughs> So, so yeah, so if anybody's interested in uh, subscribing to the Math Trade uh, thread, please go back to our blog at RollDiceTechNames.com, and you can see the thread link there. Hey, maybe he could put that uh, video tutorial and the uh, wiki page for the online want list for games, too. Oh, wait a minute. There's a video tutorial? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you're, you're killing me. You're killing me tonight. So, okay, well, Mark, I, like, I'm p- just pulled up my trade list just for the for the grins of it, and I'm... And I got somebody here that's saying, hey. The grins yeah, of it. Uh, I, I, the grins? There's a whole nother expression, family show. Are you, are you mixing metaphors? Yes, I am. So anyway, okay. he's, he's looking for a trade, something higher up on my wish list and equally hard to acquire. So I go up and I look at his wish list. All right. When they talk like that, and I, I'll admit, I've played games. We've been playing games for a very long. This is really, I'm new to this trading mechanism. Is he looking for, like, you know, you can rank your wish list on BGG? Is and I'm assuming that's what they're talking about. But I, you know what assume means. Right, that's right. I know exactly what assume means. But I'm sure what he's talking about is on your wish list, there's a, uh, I forget the exact termina- terminology, uh, but it's, I would like to have this, I would love to have this, or yeah. I must have this. That's the rankings. The rankings on the wish list. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure that. Or wants. His wants. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure what he's saying is he, he'll trade that game, but only for something that he's got ranked a five or, or a four or something along those lines. Right. 
Okay. That's interesting. Okay. And that's what I thought it was, but you know, you never do know what they, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe it's somewhere because we all know, and there's nothing wrong with the site, but BGG is a very easy site to navigate. Sarcasm on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean the trades, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. So it's, it's, Oh, I totally agree. I can't even find our guild page half the time. Well, I don't have that much problems with board game geek. I, I mean, I know people complain about it all the time, but I, I'm, I don't know. I'm pretty good at navigating it. I'm pretty good at navigating. I'm awesome. I'm <laughs> Mr. Board Game Geek Master. I put out a video tutorial on it. That's not mine. I just found the link. <laughs> no. But I'm, I mean, I'm getting better at it. So, you know, trades. Um, it's, it's great to do. Like you said, do them locally. Do them at your local gaming club. I mean, you never do know. You, you could bring stuff like, I don't know, Small World, Underground, and you might get something for that. Who knows? Yeah, and what's the last one? I see you have one last one here. I have not heard of. Oh, it's um. Well, it's just you sell your games. You know, just put your games on eBay or Craigslist, or you know, and you get cash for them, and then you use the cash to to rebuy another game. Okay, I stand corrected. I have heard of that. <laughs> I, I've just, I've never just heard it called indirect trading. Oh well. It, you're okay. not directly trading games, but it, you know indirectly you are getting a new game for your old game. Yeah, and to be honest with you, that's probably the way I've done most of my trades in the past. So uh, when Tony and I would play CCGs or something, many times I would take cards I I couldn't trade or don't uh, want or need, throw them on eBay on the secondary market, get some money, and turn around to buy something else. So that I am accustomed to. I just hadn't heard it called that, <laughs> which makes sense. Uh, I learned that in that uh, small rural high school in South Carolina, you know. (laughs) (laughs) They taught you economics down there, That's right. Economics. Well, any last thoughts on trading? I mean, it's it's scary. It's fun. It's a great way to get a possible game that, you know, that may be out of print by now or, you know, that who knows. It's, It's another option to find something that you want. Any other final thoughts on this, Mark? Yeah, if anybody wants Small World Underworld, you can have it. Have you listed <laughs> it for trade on BGG? I, I don't know. Can you show me a link? How to, is there a tutorial on how to do this somewhere? I think there might be a video on a math trade somewhere. Yeah, I'll look it up sometime. I'm sorry, Mark. Any last Yeah, thoughts? just, uh, just the, I, would, I hope people will go out and uh, after this and at least investigate math trades and, and not look at it as something scary and... Uh, get into it because it really is a lot of fun to trade games and it does hone your collection and you can end up getting more plays out of your games that way. And now it's time for the Dice Tower Network Game of the Month! Alright, so for those of you who listened to the first part and now you're back to us because you've set up your want list and your trade list on BGG You're now ready for some Ticket to Ride, the board game of the month here over the Dice Hour Network, where we talk about, we've picked a game uh, this month, and we're going to talk about it. And the reason why we picked Ticket to Ride is it's 10th anniversary. Woo! 10 years old. Yay! It's it's so grown up, Marty. Look at it. It's it's just... But you know what's funny is, to me, it feels older than that. That's... Because why? I, I don't. I don't know. I just. I just. It feels like it's been around longer than ten years. It just seems like it's just been a staple in my collection. That it was. I. I got it early on, but it's now such a staple gateway game that it almost feels like it should be as old as Catan. 
I can understand that, but I mean, so, but do you, well, let me ask you this, uh, older game, do you still play it? I still bring it out to use as a gateway game for other people more so than any other game I have. Yes. I haven't played it in a while, but say for example, um, I've got some family coming in for my oldest son's graduation and we got some downtime or something. This will be the game I pull out. Okay. Mark, you. Yes, sir. Oh yeah. I still play it. Uh, my daughter likes the game and it's a, it's a great game for us to play as a family. And like Marty said, it's a good gateway game. I think it, uh, you know, it introduces a lot of the gamer, quote unquote gamer concepts, uh, to non gamers, uh, the hand management aspect, set collection, uh, and then there's a little bit of the, uh, the route and networking that you get with, with train games, but that's, that's kind of limited, but, but still enough there to be fun. And this game is designed, we didn't mention, but it's designed by Alan Moon and it's, and it's still published by uh, Days of Wonder. And Tony, I think last year Alan Moon was at BGG Con, and we might have a chance to get to meet him this year. That'd be kind of cool. That would be cool. Are you going to take your um, 10th year anniversary edition of Ticket to Ride? I have not purchased that, but I am very tempted. I know you are. Um, what, what it is good to know is I heard, I don't know if this is truth, but I heard a rumor somewhere that it's not going to be just this printing and they're done and never make them again, but supposedly there will be another printing later on if they, if they sell out. So I do. I hope that's the case, and that would be a nice option to get it uh, later on down the road, especially if it came out around Christmas. That'd be a good Christmas gift. It is a really, really nice looking set. Uh, I can see where you'd be tempted to get it. I'm not myself, but I can definitely see where you'd be tempted to get it, and and I I'll be more than happy to play your copy. Yeah, it do, it does look sweet. And Tony, I just know recently you got the 1910 expansion. How is that different? What does that do? Because I haven't played that one. It has a few more route cards, a few more, a lot more, and it gives you two more objectives instead of just the longest train. You can do transcontinental and most routes completed. But the biggest, the biggest reason why I got the 1910 expansion, and I know this seems silly, but it was for the larger ticket cards, for the larger color of the train cards, because I just something about just I don't know what it was. The small cards, you know. People were having trouble holding them because of arthritis or whatever. I don't know what the deal was, but anyway, and I'm not being mean. I mean, seriously, they, they, well, I'll always play it with, you know, the in-laws and things like that. And they were just, they were just having issues grabbing those small little cards. So I said, Hey, this has the bigger cards. That's the primary reason why I got 1910 was to get the bigger engine cards. I didn't realize that. So you just replaced the cards in the base game with those from 1910? That's it. That's all you need to do. And then, like I said, it adds more routes to it for you to use, more of a variety. Because those masters, those people who play in the Ticket to Ride championships, you know, they can pretty well tell. And, you know, we talked about recon. I bet you can tell, oh, he's leading out of San Francisco. Well, these are the only routes that he's going to or, you know, that kind of stuff. I have not well that deep into the game to know that, but I'm sure there are people who can do that, you know? Yeah, that's some that's some hardcore ticket to ride right there. Yeah, that's war college ticket to ride. <laughs> but 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 that's it. But that's it. I mean, that's really you know. There's a, there's X amount. You know, I'm sure Alex has a spreadsheet. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't say that. But um, <laughs> you know, you know, he's. But that that was the the reason why I got 1910. I don't know if I will ever get a map of Ticket to Ride. I, I, I'm gonna get a map of Ticket to Ride to get a different country for Ticket to Ride. I don't know, Mark. Do right. you own any different ones? 
I don't. I just have the base set. And okay. it's, uh, I usually buy my games on the secondary market, uh, but that, that is actually one of the few games that I did buy brand new. And also, I think just about anybody I've talked to that's bought the 1910 expansion, uh, one of the primary reasons was for the bigger cards. And that wasn't an expensive, expensive, wow, expensive expansion, right? Under 20 yeah, bucks. Yeah, it was $14. It helped you get over $100 so that you could get uh, free shipping. Yep. To Cool Stuff Inc. CoolStuffInc.com. So, uh, are they sleeved yet? <laughs> no, they're not sleeved yet because <sighs> I need to get those um, done and um, it will happen. So, are you going to use clear sleeves or colored sleeves? Whatever I got in the cabinet, dude. I don't know. I think I got three <laughs> ones from Potomac. Just to- I almost bet you don't have the right size sleeves because I don't think that's standard sleeves that we would have lying around for like magic size cards. Well, you know, I wouldn't know that for a fact. So, but you know, Mayday.com or, or what is it? Is that it? That's the May, May what, what's our trading, our trading card site that has the PDF. Come on, help me, help me, help me. It's, it's, it's Mayday. Calm down. Okay. All right. So let me ask you this. You guys have uh, kids. Did you use ticket to ride for educational purposes? I did. Um, Here's what I mean. The map, geography. Right. Um, I, I had to say no. Oh, okay. Because I, I did, and it was actually kind of useful for some of my younger kids or when they were younger, um, because it does show a lot of locations of cities uh, on the map, and you could point out what the states are and whatnot, and it's like, you know, hey, where is, oh, Craig, I can't even think, what's, is it St. Paul? Is St. Paul on the map, I think? It's like, where is St. Paul or, you know, Seattle? And it's like, well... It's right there because you got to get a train over there to it. So anyway, I thought for educational purposes, I thought it was good for kids for teaching geography without them knowing that you're actually teaching them something. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. And that's where I honestly think the, um, the obviously the other maps would be good too, the European maps uh, for teaching some of those. I'd heard that. Which one is it? There's a European version, and I really should look this up before I talk about it. Or is it is it you have to go under mountains or around mountains or tunnels? You have to build tunnels through mountains or something? Uh, I've got no idea. I just know that there are so many different ones out there and some that you you hate. I've heard people say I would never play that board again. I'm just have I'm just fine with it only comes out enough to where I just need USA. So I get it. I get it. I um I will say something that I just totally had a brain fart on. I can't remember what I was going to say. So, oh, I remember. Um, I don't know if you anybody listened to uh, the Dice Tower episode from sometime in May when they had the um, Hidden Objective. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the uh, game uh, most popular, or what's the, their top game with Hidden Objective? And Ticket to Ride was the listener number one. Mm-hmm. And I think, Tony, for our segment, I said Ticket to Ride. Did you say Ticket to Ride when we contributed for that segment? I don't know. I s- I've slept, and therefore I have forgotten, so I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I think I said t- – I remember I said Ticket to Ride. I do remember that one. Because then I thought, is that is that – anybody else even picked that? And it was funny. That was actually the number one listener. Okay, so voted achievement unlocked. Ding. Marty got the one with the listeners. Cool. So, by the way, standard USA card sleeves for 1910. Okay. Is it really? Yeah. So, Ticket to Ride, I mean, great gateway game. Actually, I, so my in-laws are in town because my daughter's graduating as well, and I asked them because they played again, and they haven't won yet. Um, and actually, my, I think I think Catan is going on the shelf for my wife. She's, she loves Ticket to Ride now. But 
I asked them, I said, now they're big RVers. They enjoy, you know, they, they RV all over the country and things like that. And I said, so do you think your RV crowd would enjoy this? And they said, yes. As a matter of fact, we know they would. Why do you guys think the RV crowd would enjoy this game? Because it's the same routes they take. Very good, Mark Kale. Very good. It's because they can talk about the routes. They can talk about the cities they've seen. See, look, look, Marty, I'm bringing something once again to the show. All right. Um, where, where? Right here. When? Just now. Just Pay now? attention. Really? So, so what did you what did you bring? So just how that you said educational to your kids. It's not only educational to your kid. It also gives people while you're playing a game extra time. Have you ever been to Kansas City? How about here? That's what they said would be really cool about this game. When they go to the RV campgrounds, they they can break it out and they can say, "Oh, let's play this game here." You know. Here's what they ought to do: is they ought to get ticket to ride and draw a destination card, and that's where they need to go. Oh, live ticket to ride. A live ticket to ride. Ticket to ride road trip. There you go. No. Road trip edition. <laughs> well, they did. They did. They did look at me. They said, "Since you enjoy games so much, why don't you design some type of game that involves RV?" I'm like, mm, "Okay." So they sit around and they're like, eh, "Back in '78, when I was up in Seattle." Yeah. They, they well, they do. They talk about all the neat parks and all the campgrounds they see and things like that. Oh, nice. I can see that being a conversation starter. I can see it being a conversation killer. <laughs> you're you're just a negative negative person tonight. I, I'm, I'm negative not. Nelly. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, ticket to ride the board game of the month. What more can we say about this, Marty? <laughs> I don't know. You're the one that keeps dragging it on. <laughs> I'm good. I I said all my piece about ten minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Works for me, man. Well, hopefully that was another informative episode, if we've ever had one before, then hopefully this was another one where we uh, talked about trades and and how to handle trades and and our game of the month, Ticket to Ride, and of course we always have our little hodgepodge topics coming out, and actually I want to talk about one, I'm I'm throwing this on you because I know you're not expecting it, so uh, a couple episodes ago we had uh, Dan on from Geek All Stars and we talked about summer movies. So I actually went and saw one night that I said I was going to red box, but actually boxed office, and that was actually pretty good. And that's Tom Cruise's Edge of Tomorrow. That's a That was a little fun summer flick. And to think I respected you. Oh, I'm sorry. It was actually pretty good. It was a, it was a decent story. Nah, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I, I kind of had the same feeling about the whole Tom Cruise thing that y'all talked about in the episode, you know. Uh, just kind of tom cruised out i guess but i've heard a lot of people say that i'm missing out on good movies by by doing that yeah well i i enjoyed it it is um it, even though it is kind of a sci-fi um groundhog's day they did it well there was a lot of action a decent amount of humor uh, again it's just a summer fun flick it's just kind of go and enjoy it, a nice little action movie so there you go i had said i was going to red box that my kids wanted to see it so i ended up going to see it at the box office so i was wrong in my assessment see i can admit when I make mistakes. Well, well, I'm I'm glad that you can do that, Marty. That that you are man enough to to do that because you know because when you first started talking about going and seeing a movie, I thought you were going to say you went and saw the top grossing for this past weekend of you know six nine, the Fault in Our Stars. I thought that's where you were going with this. Whoa, 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 whoa! That was number one over Edge of Tomorrow. Yes. 
No, get out of here. Yes. Are you serious? Dude, listen to NPR. Everybody's pulling up their Google food. <laughs> Everybody's typing right now. Yeah, I mean, so, so yeah. No way. Are you kidding me? Did you just Fall look at our up? stars? Yes. Yes, it, it's huge. It is absolutely huge. And I know for a fact my daughter went and saw it tonight. It's, um, anyway, we won't go too far in there. I'm waiting for um, how... How to Train Your Dragon 2, so anyway. So my son went and saw it. Uh, one of his um, friends from school, a, uh, a girl was wanting to see it, and she like uh, he took her to a movie or something like that, and she owed him a movie. He said, I'm going to take you to see a movie, and it ended up being that one. He was like, oh. <laughs> so I asked him how it was. He said, it's pretty much what you expect. <laughs> so, it's, it's, so it's obviously, okay, so that makes sense, because we went in tonight. Edge of Tomorrow was on one side of the aisle, or the one side – theater on the left-hand side and fault in our stars was the other and there was a huge group of girls i went oh everybody's going to go in and see edge of tomorrow and they all took a right and walked into fault in our stars so okay that makes sense now well the guy who wrote it i mean he sold over 10 million copies so i mean it's just unreal so sorry 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 so what else did you want to talk about who me yeah you oh yeah so the other thing so uh, we had talked about, I talked about going to uh, Cool Mini or Not Expo um, a, a few weeks ago and got to see the game uh, Xenoshift. That is now currently on Kickstarter, but when this episode comes out, there's only going to be one or two days left. They have already uh, met their goal. Their goal was like a uh, 25,000, 15,000, 25,000, 25,000. And they met it within the first hour. Uh, as of this recording, they're sitting at 106,000. So, uh, Kickstarters get a bunch of extra cards and whatnot. I went and watched, uh, some of the reviews from some of the guys that played like, uh, Tom and Steve Avery and Rodney. Uh, they all really liked it. Uh, there when they were not behind the cameras and they were off to the side, I said, do you really like it? And they all said, yes, we really did which is probably the reason why I went out and backed at day one. So that is still out there as for a couple more days, if anybody's interested in that. And that's Xeno Shift, uh, which is the tower defense card, no, deck building game from Cool Mini or Not. And Mark, so we'll get to go play that as soon as he gets it. Exactly. Yep. That's one of those things nobody else buy because I got it. See, we talked about this before on the show, how we have a lot of these friends that buy games that means that we don't have to. And well, that's that's what's cool about it, right? I mean, there is yeah. no need for any of us to buy this game except one person because if we ever play it, if I ever play it, it'll probably be with one of you guys. Uh, exactly. I um, appreciate. It. I'm still waiting to play Star Realms. By the way, I need to bring that. I know, but anyway, it's such a good game. All right, Mark. Anything from you, man? Anything going on? Anything you want to get a quick um, plug in for? Other than we've already done MooseCon. How about games? Anything like that that's got your attention? No, not right this minute. I think I'm uh, just kind of cruising along. We're right in the middle of uh, con months with Origins and Gen Con. Anything coming out of one of those two that you're excited about? You know what? And this sounds bad, but I hadn't even kept up with it just yet. I hadn't started getting all the new releases. You know, keeping up with them yet. So, I, I really don't have anything yet. I just uh, I did back a uh, Kickstarter that's uh, I say Homes. It's a uh, deduction card game mm-hmm. re-release, and it actually it just ended, and it's supposed to be out in July. It's supposed to be a quick quick turnaround. So, hopefully that that'll be a good one. Cool. Um, I will say, as far as games, I'm excited about. And Tony, I'll let you jump in because I know you probably got one or two. I just this is on my mind because I was just announced today. So AEG previewed their premium edition of Doomtown, 
and it is a sick looking. Uh, it is incredible. It's like a wooden box. And with all these nice pieces that are included, you get four times of every card, four copies of every card. I was like, man, that looks pretty good. And I actually started talking to some um, people today who are getting pretty. So they're sending out preview copies to some of the bigger reviewers. And one of them is Joel Eddy uh, with Drive Through Reviews. And I was talking to him online today, and he's like, yeah, it's pretty tight. It's a good game. I said, well, what makes it good? He said, the theme is so well done, integrated into the game. And a lot of people know that Tony and I play Netrunner. And to me, that theme is very well entrenched in that game. And I said, how does it compare? And him and another person said, actually, it has as much theme as what that game does. So that really got me interested in that. Mark, have you even looked into that one yet? Yeah, I was actually looking at the link y'all posted today. You posted it, and then Lee posted it behind you. And yeah, uh, yeah I'm 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 kind of interested in that one. And and I did think of another one too that uh, has kind of caught my interest is uh, Evolution. Mm. Have you seen that on Kickstarter? I, I have seen it. Yeah, and I'm actually I'm going probably back to five dollar just for the print and play to try it out. I mean, for me, it's all about you know what will the family enjoy it or my our neighbors. Cause that I think they they might and but I want to before I go and the I'm willing to spend the five dollars for print and play and then you know I know you know cool stuff and then we'll pick it up and then possibly buy it so that's where I'm with that one yeah I've been been kind of anti Kickstarter for a while we'll get into a whole other discussion about that but uh, uh, I'm having a hard time not backing this one I really am who designed it who's uh, what who designed who designed it. it? It's, um, but that's what I'm loving about the print and play backing of five dollars. I think that's, that's that's awesome, you know. Yeah, that is good. Nobody that I've uh, heard of, Dominic, Cra- okay, Crapuchicious. Okay, someone who else cannot pronounce names on our show. <laughs> Outstanding, dude! You are so hired. He'll make must it. be must be a southern thing. <laughs> yeah, I have. not being able to pronounce words correctly. Yeah. That's like a French name, man. You know. So, uh, all right. Well, that's kind of cool. Evolution. Yeah, I've, I'm looking at that one. Um, so, you know, all around, it's I, I, Origins, Doomtown, all that's going on. This is the time when the news comes fast and furious, and it's going to be hard keeping up. So pay attention to Marty's tweets because he's going to be out there for you guys. I mean, he's, I, I get to see him come in all the time, and I'm like, holy cow, how is he getting all this good stuff? But you demand. <laughs> It's from other people who are tweeting. I mean, it's not like I'm. It's not like I'm the first guy that's getting this information. Like the AEG thing, they just posted it, and I happened to see it and 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 jumped on it. Another thing that I'm interested in about AEG, the, the Doomtown, is just because it plays up to four players. I think that's a really cool concept to have a deck construction game as opposed to deck building deck construction game that supports more than two. And because I was talking, I think I told you this day, uh, Tony, is that love Netrunner. It's great. But you know what? That's one of those games that me and you have to find time and set aside that's different from everybody else to play because it's only two players. The nice thing about this, if it plays four, you know, me, you, Mark, whoever could get together at a gaming event or a friend's game night and actually pull that out and, and play it. So I still love deck construction games. The multiplayer support, well, it goes back to the thing we've talked about before with Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings supported multiplayer. One of the most fun I ever had playing a deck constructible game is because it could support multiple people playing as opposed to just a two. I'm hoping that this fits the same bill. And there's kind of a gap in the Wild West shooters in my game collection. You know? I love a Western 
Love Westerns. So, yeah, this uh, I'm all over that. All right. All right. So, real quick, before I forget, because if I will forget, At the Table, here it is, guys. So, the At the Table this time is going to be what would you play or take out around the picnic table, the pool, at the, you know, the little pool table there. What summer game would you have out there to go play? Let me hear your summer game. That's really what I'm trying to get to. Think about the outdoors, not so much where you're inside, you're outdoors. What game are you willing to go out there and let the bird fly over and, unlike Marty, spill a drink on it, it, it does something <laughs> for you, okay? I was just waiting for a break to say, or play around Marty. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Haven't we played that joke enough yet? I mean, isn't it done? Is there like a, no. a statute of limitations on spilling drinks? No, it, no? if you keep doing it, we keep so. using it. It always plays, huh? All right. That's, that's a, I'm cool with that. All right. So y'all see that post out there. And well, as always, thank you in advance for any of your responses. We do appreciate it. Likewise, I'll try to get out to a gaming event at one of our clubs. And, and you know, now that Tony knows how to do that so well, see if I, I can remember he can show me how to record and make sure I get it right there, this time. There you go. All right. Last thoughts. Excellent. No good. Last <laughs> I knew it. I had y'all. I had you. Well, I've already given all my last thoughts. You are uh, you are spent. You are done. All right. So anyway. All right. So guys, once again, thank you for listening. Episode 41 here, Locomotive Breath. And if I could just find my if my daughter could remember how to play the flute, I'd make sure that she'd break it out and, and get us a little little action going there. But other than that, just keep rolling dice. Well, hold on, what? dude. We just had a guest on. Do you want to like thank him for coming on and being polite? And otherwise, you're just going to treat him rudely and just send him off like that? Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, I, I was I was hoping he was going to jump in in front of you. I was kind of leaving it out there so he could say and you know keep rolling. And I was hoping he's going to jump in there and do taking names and step all over you. I was hoping he'd jump in there for me, but no, that's okay. No, Mark, we do appreciate you being on the show. Yeah, no problem. I, I've really enjoyed it, and uh, I appreciate y'all having me. Yeah, I think it was, uh, like I said, it was some really good information. Everybody, please go check out the uh, blog for those links on information on doing the trades through BGG, as that's something I've been kind of intimidated by myself. So um, I need to go get my list updated, and maybe I can make something happen for my trades, too. So, again, thanks for coming on. Yep. Go out and play some Ticket to Ride this uh, month of June, and until then... Now can I say it, Marty? Mm, let me see if I have any more last thoughts. Nope, I think I'm done. Keep rolling dice. And taking names. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Time for the standard boilerplate information. Follow us on Twitter at Dyson Names. You can email us at RollDiceTakeNames at gmail.com. Come to our website, RollDiceTakeNames.com. Subscribe to our guild on the Board Game Geek Guild page. Or maybe you want to come like us on Facebook. Hey, maybe you want to send us some snail mail. If so, contact me. I'll give you our address. Send us something really good. In three, two, one. So, wow. Hopefully another very informative episode where we cover trading. Did you just say episode? Did I say episode? In three, two, one.